Hello everyone and welcome on Women Abroad, the podcast that invites young professional women to share their experience abroad and reveal the wonderful women behind these stories. My name is Françoise Fallis. I'm an intercultural trainer and coach. I've lived and worked as an expatriate for more than 11 years in Egypt, Morocco and Nigeria twice and I currently live in Luxembourg. I meet young women who are studying or starting their careers abroad and hear from them about their discoveries, culture shock and the personal and professional challenges they face. What surprises, amuses, even fascinates them? How does their experience open up new perspectives and reveal new things about themselves? If you are curious about living and working internationally, this podcast will inspire you to consider new horizons. Women Abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. Anya Banak is my host of the seventh episode of Women Abroad podcast. Anya is Polish and she's a university teacher working as an assistant professor in linguistics. In a very introspective way, she reopens very dense pages of her life, first in Northern Ireland as a PhD student, then in Oman as a college teacher. She explores different aspects of expatriation, such as the freedom of movement as a woman abroad, the importance of the religious environment in our cultural adjustment abroad, and the beautiful bridging connections beyond cultural differences. As she says later in the interview, it's not always so easy to talk openly of an experience abroad. Looking back in time, this transformational journey of being abroad is still resonating in her. She reflects how these experiences abroad raised her awareness about other cultures and allowed her to better put her own culture into perspective. Her living abroad deeply questioned her motivations, her contributive presence to the world, and is still a source of curiosity, nourishing her wish to step on to her next move. Hello, Anya. Hi. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you too. Pleased to meet you. And thank you for accepting my invitation to share your international experience on Women Abroad today. Could you briefly introduce yourself first? Okay. So, uh, well, thank you for having me. Right? <laughs> Pleasure. Um, so, my name is Anya. Um, I'm a university teacher uh, working uh, right now at one of the Polish universities as an assistant professor uh, of linguistics, let's say generally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, great. And and one day you made the decision to go and live abroad. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I actually uh, had two episodes of living abroad. Actually, three episodes. Okay. Um, so I first went to live in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, I then went back to Poland. Um, then I went back to Northern Ireland again to live in a totally different place, small little tiny village of Kuschendal, for those who know Northern Ireland. Uh, it's up on the coast. Um, and then I, from there I went to live in Oman, 
then I went back to Poland again. And from there, I moved back to Oman. <laughs> and what, right now, I'm, I'm living, um, currently living in Poland. Right? So I'm, I'm not an expat, like, officially. But um, even though I think, you know, you know actually, you don't, you don't stop being an expat in a way. But maybe we can talk about that later. Right? Mm-hmm. But I'm currently living in Poland. So officially not an expat, but an expat. <laughs> you feel like an expat. I feel like an expat, yeah. Yes. And so you went twice to, to Ireland and twice to Oman. And in between, you, you were in Poland. Yes, yeah. Um, it doesn't really look very organized. No. <laughs> Life isn't always organized. <laughs> yeah. And what were your living circumstances in, in Ireland? Can you tell us more? Uh, so um, I went to live in Belfast to uh, to do my PhD. So that was like my you know primary goal. Um, I also went there to live with my uh, then fiancé and later a husband. Um, so we were, yeah, so we moved to, to Belfast. We were both doing our PhDs and um, we were living in a very little residential area in Belfast, purely Catholic. That's what I was told anyway. <laughs> uh, Belfast at the time, uh, I know it has changed a lot since then, but at the time Belfast was still, uh, you know, very divided into like Protestant and Catholic areas. Right, so you'd have like areas where residential areas where you'd have like mostly primarily or like primarily you know Protestants or Catholics um, living in their their you know separate areas and and so we this was a choice of my husband's he chose this little residential place very tiny little houses um, red brick yeah and and very simple you know people who are kind of like sticking together, you know, like very close-knit community. Um, It still is one of my favorite places on earth. I'd go back there if I could. What did you like there? It was just a sense of something I I really miss when when I'm like living back in Poland right now. It was just a sense of community, you know, people like living very close to one another and having, you know, like close relationships. So I, I remember, you know, meeting my next door, next door neighbors for for a cup of coffee or tea and just having a nice casual conversation. Um, yeah, this is something I really miss here in Poland. So you really had the opportunity to socialize with local people, or oh. I did. Even at, you know, even though at the beginning it was very difficult for me, accent was uh, so hard to understand. Um, so it was hard at the beginning, but then I kind of got used to it. And I think they got used to my accent, you know. So, um, Were you prepared before going to Ireland? I wasn't. No? I, like, I wasn't. I, 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 I don't even remember, like, reading about it, quite frankly. It's, you know, my, my fiancé at the time, he, I mean, it was, it was like kind of like his decision, and then I kind of, like, followed him. I wasn't really thinking much. I just went for it. And, you know, I just found myself in Belfast, living in the middle of Belfast. Nice. That's a great motivation, love. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good motivation at the time. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't know, you know, whether it is a good motivation, generally speaking, but, um, yeah, that was my motivation at the time. 
and then the PhD, you know, I, I, I really, I, I did enjoy my, my time at the university. Um, When was it exactly? So you went twice, but in, in which years? This was 2006, so quite a long time ago. So I went to Belfast 2006, yeah, and I spent a year there. And then we went back to live in Poland. Um, and actually that experience, you know, of living, now that I kind of look back on it, living in Poland with my husband, who's Irish, I wasn't really, you know, I was kind of feeling like it was very different. Like I felt different, not like a Polish person, you know what I mean? Like it just felt being in Poland on my own was different than living with him. Um, yeah, it's just my, my observation. And what did you learn about the culture of, of Ireland? Yeah, I'm just, it's, it's a difficult question, you know. Um, I, I remember feeling very, um, like it felt very homely. That is like, like one thing that I remember. But I also felt very intimidated. So I think that kind of uh, maybe prevented me from, from like really experiencing the culture. Plus, I was also... I think in a way, maybe because I felt so intimidated, like my, I, I think my husband was like my, my fiance at the time was like my only point of reference in terms of like, you know, the culture that I'm experiencing. And because he, you know, he held very strong political views of the place, I was kind of like looking at Belfast and Northern Ireland through, you know, very much through his eyes. You know, like politics was everywhere for him, and so you know it was like for me as well. Um, so yeah, so I, I think maybe that kind of you know prevented me from uh, you know like experiencing the place you know in like from like a cultural perspective. Mm. And your second trip was quite different because you did not stay in in Belfast, but you were quite out of town. So your experience of the country must have been quite different. Totally different, but again, you know, we were living in a in a little tiny village um, on the coast, uh, which again was that's what I was told was like purely Catholic, almost right. So, like again, you know, the the politics kind of, <laughs> um, you know, like it, it's just very. Um, I could really feel like the politics everywhere, but I think it's it's because you know I was I was you know my my, my husband was my companion. That's how he viewed the place, and um, but because the village was so tiny, it was I think it was much more you know just easier for me to to socialize with people. Did you feel welcome as a foreigner? Mm, I did, but again, you know, my it's like my husband was kind of opening a lot of doors for me, right? So. It's like I was, I wasn't, I wasn't Irish, um, but I was, but I think also wasn't, I think I kind of was, wasn't living up to that, you know, stereotype of a Polish immigrant, you know, who came to Ireland to, to make some money, right? So I, I just remember, I think some people, not all of them, and, I'm, and I don't mean that in a, you know, like in a negative way or a judgmental way. But I remember some Irish people that I that I would meet, like in a pub, if we were together, right? 
I remember when I would mention, you know, that I'm actually here to do my PhD at the University of Ulster. They, they it's like they'd look at me. I, I just, they wouldn't say anything, but I, but I, could, like, I, I could feel that it was something unusual. You felt some cultural biases in some way. Maybe you know, uh, like the, the fact that they would look at me this way. I think might have been a consequence of them, you know, having maybe certain cultural cultural biases, you know, looking at things in a way that is stereotypical. But then again, you know, Polish people that they would experience in the place were mostly immigrants. Right? Yes, you were quite an exception. So I think at the time, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, has, you know, a lot has changed since then, but I think I was kind of an exception. But that also prevented me from like really socializing with other Polish people who are immigrants. For them, I was also different. Like I was an exception. Right? Yes, I understand. So it was a, I remember, you know, it was just a very strange position to be in. You know, I wasn't Irish, but I also wasn't like a Polish immigrant. <laughs> I was kind of in between. At least you completed your PhD. <laughs> In the end, I did. Yeah. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> and and then you moved to, to Oman, a quite different place. And was it also for your studies or already to, to, to teach as a professor? I was still in the process of finishing my PhD at the time. And we decided that... Um, You know, we need a we needed jobs. But my husband felt that it was like time to move on, and and so he, you know, we, we were initially thinking of going to Saudi, and but in the end, we decided sort of against, and 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 we heard a lot of good things about Oman, probably the most one of the most relaxed countries in the Gulf in terms of its you know, the, the rules, regulations, and just generally life is more relaxed, and so we went. We decided to go to Oman. We applied for for a job, and we got. We went. Yeah. And what was your first impression when you arrived? It was not in the capital, I think. It was not in the capital. It was pretty much in the middle of nowhere, small town, right? Um, not near the coast where the like the capital is, but uh, more in the like inside the country. So um, you know, a quite harsh environment for someone who comes from. Like Ireland, which is like sunscreen, and, and so the, the environment was seemed very harsh at the time. Um, nothing but rocks and sand. Uh, you know, like the same kind of color everywhere. So not not a very stimulating environment. And the opposite in terms of climate and geography, if I may say. <laughs> yeah, I just remember, you know, extreme heat, um, temperatures. You know, around 40 degrees when we came. So it was hard. Like it was just, you know, like physically, <laughs> it was a very difficult experience. Um, plus, of course, you know, a totally different culture. Well, was it when you arrived? Did you find the accommodation by yourself, or did the school or university provide any any accommodation when you arrived? What were your again your living circumstances? in Oman this time? Yeah, the college where we worked, uh, they provided a, a flat for us, simple flat, basically. And, uh, but it was, you know, it was enough for us to live. Yeah, it was just like a block of flats. Um, and we were pretty much like living in that block of flats with other teachers. 
I think, probably mostly teachers. So basically expats, no, no local people, if I remember correctly. Fine. Okay, so you, you already could, could socialize with them in, in English because the language must have been an obstacle maybe for you. Well, English was like the language of communication and instruction at school. So, you know, language wasn't a problem. But I, I don't actually remember, you know, socializing a lot with the people living in the block of flats, right? You know, at least at the beginning, like, working was hard, like, at work. So when we, you know, every time we come back from work, I think we just, <laughs> I think we just preferred to be left alone, basically. You know, we'd go out in the evening because that was, like, the only time where you could go out and have a walk because of the temperature. Yes. Or would you describe your biggest uh, cultural challenges in Oman? It's fine, you know, but I, I would almost say that, you know, living in Northern Ireland was maybe culturally more challenging for me than living in Oman in certain ways, right? Because it was the first time you moved out of Poland, you think? Possibly. And I don't know, I just, I just don't, you know, I don't remember like, uh, like major challenges when I was living in Oman with my, hus uh, with my husband. Living with a male partner... And it had to be husband, right? At, like at the time, you, know, you couldn't just go there with your fiancé and live, right? Because of the rules. You need to be married. It was a condition. It was a condition. I mean, I mean, I, maybe some people would do it, but, I, you know, it wouldn't be, like, it would be looked down on, I think, at least at the time. So because I was with him, like with my husband, I, I th there weren't any challenges that I can think of right now, Right. Now, when I went to Oman for the second time, and I went on my own that time, it was a totally different story. And I could really appreciate how living with my husband was easier, much easier than living in Oman on your own as a woman, as a woman who, who, who doesn't drive, right? Yes. And, and do, do you have any particular memories to share about Oman, something which would give us a particular idea, impression of what your experience there was, either with your students or, I don't know, with local people? or My experience is because I was living, uh, like, first of all, on my own, I didn't have a car. And also because I, you know, so maybe generally I say, you know, I, you could say generally that when, a, when an expert uh, person comes, and especially when they work for like a big corporate business, they be put into these, like, you know, some kind of compounds, right? Or, you know, areas where a lot of expats would live. So they, you know, their experience of Oman, I think, would be very different, right, if you ask them. Now, I was always living in um, pretty much, like, surrounded by local people on my own. So I think, yeah, my, my experience is, like, is, is, like, very different, in a sense that I would, I think I would have a, like a lot of opportunities to, to maybe just like experience a lot of things firsthand. I would have a lot of expat friends, but I also would have a lot of like local people who would be my friends. Like I, I you know, I'd socialize with a lot of, with a lot of local people, but also other Arab teachers that I worked with. Remember once being feeling really sick at, at work, right? And so I went to my friend, a Jordanian woman, a te another teacher, and and I was looking like for someone who would bring me to like to the capital where I lived, 
right? And, and I just wanted to go to a doctor. So we, we couldn't find anyone, right? But then she she told me, you know what? There is this imam from like one of the biggest mosques in, in Muscat, right? And he's like at the university right now doing something or talking to someone and maybe he could take you. So she, so she called him and he says, well, why not, right? So I remember she told me like, please wear a scarf and don't sit, um, you know, don't be, you know, don't sit at the front, sit at the back of the car, right? So I did that. Um, we went. We had a like a was like a you know one hour, one hour and a half journey. Um, I remember him telling me you know a lot of like things about the religion and you know Islam and and and, and I think we we developed this kind of. I don't know if I'd call it a friendship, but it was certainly a very friendly relationship. And I remember him actually with, uh, you know, visiting me, visiting me with, uh, with his wife, right? So this was I think, something very unusual for, for an Amani person, especially a religious person like an like imam, to actually come to, to your house and, and visit you, you know, for, for tea and um, something to eat as well. And, that was uh, that was a kind of like an unusual experience. Probably you appreciated what you were doing. I mean, as a teacher, or I appreciated you as a person. I just remember us having, you know, very nice conversations. He invited me to to this big uh, mosque in in in, in Muscat and um, basically gave me like a you know like a tour of the of the mosque and. Um, That's great. We became friends. Yeah. And how did you have to adjust to local customs as a woman? The kind of clothes that you had to wear was you need to wear like a long, you know, long trousers or long skirts um, and a top with long sleeves. Um, you didn't have to wear a, uh, wear a scarf. I actually remember, I think it was the time when, the, when that imam invited me to a mosque. And I remember that time, that day, oh, when I was going to go to the mosque after work, I remember I, I asked my Jordanian friend, please put the scarf the way you do, like not the way I do it, you know, please like do it like professionally. Right? <laughs> so she did. And I, and I remember that day going to classes, wearing this scarf the way they do. Right. And it was actually, um, it was funny to see, you know, the student's reaction to it. How old were the students? They were like college students. So um, people in there, you know, they'd be like 19, 20, 21 years old. Mostly BA students, right? Um, so I, I remember that day, like they were, you know, looking at me very... Some of them were like curious. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of them were looking at me maybe not so favorably. Um None of them told me anything, you know, like none of them told me, like, you know, take it off or they, they, they wouldn't. But I remember their reactions were very mixed. Yes. Right? Maybe I, I don't think they were offended, but they were, you know, surprised, I think. Yes. And if you had to describe a people from Oman, what, what would you say about them? Very private. Very private people. Um, you mean everything takes place in the house? I mean, you have to be in a house to know what life is. I think so, yeah. 
And it's even, you know, when you look at how they live, normally have, would have these like big houses surrounded with, or fenced with this like, you know, concrete fence, um, very tall, right? So like everything is very, you can't really look into someone's window. Now it's like all very, 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 very private people, but also very friendly, I think very appreciative of like other, very curious about other people, you know? And I think they can be very loyal as well. Once you're their friend, I think, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's going to be a long lasting friendship. Mm. And you spoke English to local people? Yes. Yeah. I mean, lots of them speak like even little English. Most of them, I would say. I, well, maybe, except, yeah, maybe not like everybody, but, you know, like in, in, in shops and like cafes. Yeah. Everybody would speak English. And did you learn Arabic or at least some notions? I didn't, unfortunately. No, I'm, I'm, I'm learning it now. But, uh, and I know this is going to be like hard work. It's, it's such a strange language, you know. To, to Very different from ours, of course. Very different from like, I think, you know, like a lot of European languages. It's got a different sound system and the alphabet and the way they write. is totally strange. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going for it. I want to learn. I want to learn. I, I want to come. I want to go back there. I don't know whether it's going to be for work again or just to visit. Yeah, so I, I want to learn the language. And they are very, I think they very, you know, they, they really appreciate when you, when you can speak at least, at least a little bit. And the second time you went to Oman, um, you were alone. How did you perceive the country? Did you learn to know people or did you approach the, the people differently because you were alone? Um. I'd certainly socialize more than if I was with my husband, right? During that first trip, have to do like everything on my own. Um, and I think one of the biggest issues at the time was being outside on your own. I think generally speaking, uh, you know, a, a woman on her own walking, just walking in like in Spain, you know, in, like outside, I'd always, you know, get that feeling that it wasn't something appropriate. Yeah, like it was a big problem for me. I love being outside, you know, just walking freely. And do your shopping and, and relax. Yeah. Um, and, and here, like it was, I never really felt like very comfortable doing it. So you'd be coming up with reasons to go, like go to a shop, you know, and then it's like you had a purpose. But walking like that, just on your own, just for pleasure, was, was difficult. Were there any sports centers or any cultural centers for you to relax? I mean, how did you spend your free time? There were, you know, there, there'd be like in, in hotels, right? Yeah, so you could go to a hotel and, and go to, to, to a gym or sometimes they'd have a, like a swimming pool. But I mean, still, I would have to walk there. So this was a problem, you know, like walking to a place on your own. But maybe, you know, um, like I spent a lot of time living in these like little places like villages or towns. When I then moved to Muscat, which is the capital city, it was different. You know, it's, it's a much more cosmopolitan place. So many experts living there. So I think people are kind of like more used to seeing experts just wandering around. Your contract was for one year, two years? I think it was for a year and then it was it got extended and so I stayed for like another year. So I spent two years there on my own. And what life lessons did you learn from your international experiences? God, I mean, I learned a lot of things. Um, 
because I wasn't, you know, spending a lot of time with other expats, I think, I mean, I mean, I did spend some of the time, but I also, you know, had a lot of friends who would be like from very different cultures, like Japanese or Sudanese, um, other Arab people, right? Other Arab nationalities. I think it kind of, you know, given me, of course, to a limited degree, a, a kind of like a glimpse into other other cultures, you know, and how, like, other ways of life. So in that sense, I think one of the realizations that you have is that, and I, you know, I don't really want to sound like cliche, but, you know, we are more alike than we are different, I think. So another thing that you realize kind of like at the same time is that culture really, like, makes us who we are. To underestimate the, you know, the, like, the power of culture, right, is, I think is a big, big mistake. And it's when you're at a distance that you better realize how important yeah. cultural background is, actually. Oh. And how have you grown as a person? Well, that's one of the things that I maybe learned from myself, So, but, but it kind of, it helped me grow as a, as a person, is that, you know, the, the sense that you get, you know, thrown into, you know, strange environments, strange places, and... And you can still make it, you know, regardless of the of the circumstances. So, and and to have that sense, just feeling empowered, you know, in a way. And it, it, I think it can be very liberating, right? To know that about yourself, that you know, you can you can do it. That but there is a like you know life, other life outside there, and and you can you know you can you can face it and you can do it. You stretched your own boundaries. Yeah, it's about the stretching, you know, and how much, you know, how flexible you are. I think it's a, it's kind of like a testing, and there can be a lot of stretching involved. <laughs> <laughs> If people would have told you before going that you would have stretched your limits, would you have done it? You know what? Um, I think they had told me that before, and I am any longer, but I think I was a very sort of like, you know, the kind of person that maybe gets, scared easily so I probably I wouldn't if they had told me that that would happen <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't go but yeah but I'm, I'm glad I did it <laughs> yes you can be proud <laughs> and how have these international experiences impacted uh, your professional development I think they just uh, maybe helped me or I learned in the process that I can be in a very international environment both in terms of, you know, like socializing with, with people who represent other cultures, but also, but also in like a, you know, in the, in the workplace, right? That I can, I can manage it. That's one of the things that I think kind of like, you know, go to the professional development and, and the development, you know, as a person. Yes, great. <laughs> Now you've, you're back at home and all at the time, And still now, do your family and friends in your home country experience your um, expatriation? Yes, how do they look at it? I think my parents are glad that I'm back. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they could never, you know, they could never really understand why I went, why I even consider going, you know, to especially, you know, place so strange to them, right? as a man, it is strange to them. Not for me, but adult members of my family could never understand it. My friends, 
I think, you know, a lot of them would ask me, I think they'd just be curious, like, why would I even go? But one of the things, you know, that I've noticed, and I think, you know, a lot of expats would share this observation is that it's, I think it's very hard to talk about your experience with the people who have never had that experience. True. Carry all this experience with you all the time. And I don't think there, there has ever been a person that I could really share it with, quite frankly. Yeah, it's, it's strange that so hard to, to talk about the experience, even with the people who are there with you. You know, when I have a conversation with someone from there, like from that period, like you get this sense like there's, like we can't talk about it. <laughs> so it increases the feeling of loneliness in some way? Yeah, I wanted to say this, like it really makes you feel like just so lonely, you know, it's just that difficulty of, of to keep everything for yourself it's like you know it's, it's just i don't know it's just difficult it's just difficult to share it sometimes because they don't know what to ask because they they have no idea of what you you went through and it, they don't feel the deep impact this international exposure had on you it's that you know but i think it's also difficult for me to to like grasp it People can ask you, like, well, well, what was it like? Like, what did you do? You know, these, like, basic questions. But, like, it's about something else that I'd like to tell them. But I can't, you know, it's difficult. It's really, it's really lonely, yeah. And mo before moving on to my last question, do you still have anything particular to share that I haven't asked you so far? Or any advice you would like to give to other young women who are about to leave and are still considering a trip abroad? Well, you know, I, I tell them that, like, make sure that you know where you're going. Because <laughs> I don't think I was... So, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, the awareness, right? Because I don't think I was that clear about, like, my motivations. You know, I, pretty much every time I went, right? And I went three times. Yeah, so I would say, you know, like, as much as it's possible, before going, like, make sure that you know why. Uh, so I think that's, that's important. But in some way, you knew why. You went for a job, you went for a, your PhD. This was your first purpose. Yeah, but I still think that I wasn't, like, fully aware, like, why am I actually, like, even about these, like, supposedly clear purposes I don't think I wasn't even that clear about that you know so I think I wish I had known that before I went that um, I think there is no like real coming back what do you mean because that's that's what you normally expect right like you're going somewhere but you're expecting to like to go back to a place that you know right you mean your home country yeah And, and it's no longer the case. It's no longer the case. No, it's like, I, and it's not even about like, you know, you're, you're going back to a place where, you know, people that you knew, they are obviously going about their lives. This is normal, right? Like things are changing. They are now having families going about their business as usual. I, and I, I get that, but it's about how, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's about how much you change. It kind of makes living back in, in your home country, very, uh, very different. And in some way a challenge <laughs> to readjust. To readjust. And I, I don't even think that there, that 
readjustment is possible. You know, I think. I mean, you, you I mean you have to kind of like fit in again to a degree, right? But this, like, it's it's just something different, you know. And I'm I'm dealing with it. Uh, I've been dealing with it since I came. Um, and sometimes it's not easy, you know. Sometimes I feel like I feel perfectly fine, right? But there are moments when when I feel like I just don't belong. Would you move again if you had the opportunity to? Honestly, I'd go. I'd go tomorrow if I could, but I can't. But I maybe I'll, you know, maybe maybe I'll be able to do it again. Yeah. Any wish of a country you'd like to go? I think I'd go back to the Middle East. To the Middle East, yes. Anywhere. I think I'd go anywhere. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm learning the language and, and I'll see what happens. <laughs> It's quite, it's quite amazing uh, an experience overseas can or abroad can uh, awaken incentives and reveal a part of ourselves. I think I had never even dreamt of going anywhere. You know, I think I always wanted to stay in Poland as much as I remember of my, like, you know, how I felt when I uh, finished my studies. I, I had never thought of, of going anywhere except for, you know, travel like for pleasure, for holiday, I, I, I do it again. And I, I hope, I hope, you know, it happens. Definitely, you learned about yourself that you can adjust to change and you manage change. It just makes you feel very free in the world, you know, like you, it's like you feel kind of, you know, fearless, but in, I think in a good way, I hope. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to share before we close um, I can't really think of anything right now, but I mean, you know, it's, there, there are just so many, um, so many things, you know. Yes, yes, it's pretty rich. <laughs> Thank you anyway. Thank you very much for your sharing experience. Well, it was really, really rich, dense, and uh, I think it can inspire quite, quite some women in their decision. It's quite a, a different point of view of expatriation. Yeah. Well, I hope I, you know, I hope I didn't dis discourage uh, anyone <laughs> from going, but... Um, no, I don't think so. I'd certainly recommend it. Yeah. You can just do it. And enjoy it, you know, and make, make the best of it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Anya. Thank you for having me. I wish you a good life and good projects for 2021. I wish the same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Anya. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. If you'd like to share your experience abroad as a student, an early career woman or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page, Women Abroad, on Instagram or Facebook. You can also listen to our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and on our website www.françoise-fallis.com I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon.